Hi, before I start, I just want to say thank you to all of the generous supporters who've added to the tip jar over the last few weeks. I usually thank you all individually later in the pod, and I will, but I wanted you to know that your support has been especially welcome during the quarantines, and it's been very reassuring as tomorrow's birthday looms because it's one of those dreaded ones that ends in a zero and it's been even more introspective than usual while in isolation. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, cheers. Uh, This is a very nice 12-year-old single malt. That'll be fueling me through this. The following episode of the 9pm edict contains strong language and a series of complaints. This is COVID normal. It's Friday the 8th of May 2020 and yet again we begin with an angry man, though this one is quite a bit younger. COVID-19, that's all the words it has, sometimes all the words I have through all of this. Anyway, that's uh, a young Mr. Man, I don't know his uh, first name, but M-A-N-N, son of Jonathan Man. He's on the Twitters as Song A Day Man with two N's, and it's it's like what it says. He does a song every day. Hello, I'm Stilgerian. This is the 9pm His Plague Diary, episode 8. For me, it's now day 52 of the quarantines, but the news came through this afternoon uh, about how the lockdown will start to be eased off in Australia, which is to say there's a three-step plan, but it's not a specific plan because the states and territories are going to pick and choose from the plan as they see fit. But it's three stages... 
well, three steps, it says on the uh, the diagram, which is on the podcast website, and in all the news stories, you're going to be sick of this over the next few days. And it's all about being COVID safe. Yes, the whole thing has branding because, of course, it fucking does. It's the COVID safe plan. It involves using the COVID safe app. It will make us COVID safe with a COVID safe economy and a COVID safe Australia. And also in today's press conference, uh, there was talk of us having a new COVID normal. Give me strength. Okay, what's in the plan? Very quickly, because this is is going to be everywhere. Three steps. Uh, in step one, uh, the rules will be relaxed to allow f- five visitors uh, in people's homes. It's currently two. And ten people together in businesses and public places. Uh, you will still be working from home if it works for you and your employer. Restaurants, cafes and shopping uh, places will start to open, but they're going to have... Uh, those those distancing rules, so I don't know how they survive. Libraries, community centres, playgrounds and boot camps will open. Boot, boot camps figure a lot in this. They figure a lot in, like, everything Scott Morrison has said. I don't know what that's about. Uh, and local and regional travel can happen. Step two, and I should say the, the National Cabinet is going to meet every three weeks, I think they said, or every four weeks, to kind of talk about this and decide what steps they're at and maybe get the states and territories to agree on something. Anyway, step two, gatherings in your home up to 20, same for businesses and public places. Uh, you can work for home. You, you work from home again. Gyms, beauty centres uh, or beauty salons, cinemas, galleries and amusement parks will open. Caravan and camping grounds will open and some interstate travel will happen. And then step three, so assuming all this goes to plan, that's May, June, just going to be July. Uh, gathering sizes up to 100. Return to workplaces, nightclubs, food courts, saunas open. And uh, another chart, so saunas and bathhouses houses open so uh, does this relate to boot camps i wonder uh all interstate travel back up uh and perhaps cross tasman travel to new zealand pacific island and international students travel uh can come back in step three which you know according to the plan that could be july unless it all fucks up uh, now, the Chief Medical Officer, Brendan Murphy, uh, today, he said some clarification about that. The National uh, Cabinet has agreed to kind of go to step one, but that's up to the states. But apparently not all of the states agree on all of the measures. And in fact, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews, he said, this is just a menu to choose from. And he did say that, look, every state is at a different point, which is true, but we're going to get mixed messaging here again. And anyway, look, it's better than we had before. Uh, meanwhile, eugenics is on the march in the Australian Janet Albrechtson, uh, who you know seems to uh, be pushing this a bit. Her headline uh, yesterday was "Old or young, every life has a different value, and we accept that." I, I don't know who the "we" is, Janet. Who is this? We that, uh, you know, 
is, is putting values against different lives and, and, and judging that. Um, as someone said to me, uh, perhaps she's just getting horny for the camps. I mean, cull the week, all that, uh, that stuff. Uh, because it kind of matches this vibe coming out. Uh, Russell Lynch is editor, uh, economics editor of The Telegraph in the UK. He had a headline, The cost of saving lives in this lockdown is too high. <laughs> it's just too expensive saving people's lives. Yep. I think a lot of this comes down to this idea of it's a war on coronavirus. Because in a war, casualties are inevitable. In fact, acceptable to save the nation. That is, everyone as a whole. And I, I guess that public health is about society as a whole, not individuals. Do we really have to put this in the wartime footing that, well, we're going to lose some people? Bad luck. I mean, there isn't a threat to society from outside that unless we sacrifice a few people, it it will kill more. I mean, it's this is kind of a unitary thing on the, the death side, right? We can just cut that down by spending money. But if we spend money, it's not like people are going to die. It's it's just like people won't be able to buy their new BMW or whatever. <sighs> These people are showing their true colours, really, aren't they? Red and black. The uh, fabulous Institute of Public Affairs tried a bit of push-polling a week ago. Let me get it up on the screen in front of me. I mean, the, the IPA, the Institute of Public Affairs, is, as we know, uh, the mouthpiece and essentially sock puppet of interests such as uh, the mining companies, tobacco companies, and so on. They were pushing the idea and, and headlining it that, like, a lot of, of Australians want these lockdown restrictions eased. And their headline was 41% of Australians want petty lockdown restrictions eased. Notice the put like, well, if they're petty, sure, petty lockdown. I mean, that was their question. That's a push poll, right? But they're going, 41% of Australians want this. It's like, wait, wait, wait. That means 59% of them don't or don't care. And indeed, that is the case. Uh, 46% disagree with their proposition, but it's the 41 that do agree with it that they're, they're pushing. Oh, hang on, I'm looking at the wrong chart, but the numbers are about the same. Uh, should they be eased? Yeah, 41% agree, 39% disagree, and 14% eh. So the majority of people don't agree. That's, uh, but you know. They just want to get all of us, us worker droids back to work. Even though they push-polled it. It's almost as if the Institute of Public Affairs can't be trusted to, uh, to do things correctly. But this week we saw uh, even more of uh, the, the field opinions about what might happen in the aftertimes, July maybe in Australia, long time after that in the United States. Uh, but there's an interesting uh, interesting article in um, The Atlantic about how, just like 100 years ago for various reasons, the coronavirus will change the way 
we eat and eat out, as happened in the United States. This year will be the first year on record where so-called off-premise spending in restaurants will exceed the dine-in business. And that's going to last. Food that can be delivered is essentially the future of the business. And there's a handful of really interesting and sometimes dark implications of that. Like, for example, really complex oat cuisine might not do very well if it sits in the back of a car for 35 minutes. But what we already know does very well in the back of a car for 35 minutes is pizza. Pizza is already 60% of all delivery in the U.S. So I think that you could see foods that deliver well expanding their footprint of the American restaurant business. And from the unintended consequences file, you made a fascinating point in that piece about what happened to America's diet as a consequence of prohibition. Right. So it was exactly 100 years ago that the 18th Amendment was passed, which banned the production and sale of alcohol. And prohibition only lasted about a decade, but it cast a really long shadow over the restaurant landscape, and it changed the taste of American food, the literal taste. A lot of fine dining restaurants closed because their profit was dependent upon their ability to sell alcohol. As a result, a lot of restaurants shifted from the fine dining world that had uh, taken off in the early 20th century to the rise of lunch car diners. And lunch car diners specialized in what diners specialize in now. It was food that kids could enjoy with sober parents, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers and milkshakes. That kind of American menu took over the U.S. restaurant industry in the middle of the 20th century, such that by the time you had a bunch of fast food companies getting started, like McDonald's, it was the same palate. Every meal was fit for a kid. You could argue that this period sort of infantilized the American palate. But if you liked a certain kind of food, food that was hot, unexpected, combined different ingredients, vinegary, whatever it is kids don't like, that desire, does it just go away? More likely, cooking at home becomes more interesting and dining out becomes less interesting. Ah, We have the ability to make all sorts of fascinating foods in our own kitchens. The size of American kitchens has increased, the number of cookbooks have increased, but that same kind of sophisticated food that people might be experimenting with at home doesn't hold up in the back of a car for 45 minutes coming from that great restaurant that you used to love. So, more Americans cooking at home. Does that mean the return of the jello salad? If you've been uh, following me on Twitter recently, you'll know that this has become a bit of a thing. I'm fascinated with, if you have never encountered the wonder that is the American jello salad, I... I, I have, I've leaked to a fucking thing on the podcast website. You know this is how it works. Jello salad. But maybe all this speculation about what happens in the aftertimes is a bit previous because there was news this week that maybe there's a newer strain of uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2. It, they're calling it the G strain, which... Sounds uncomfortable. They're saying uh, there's a research paper that's not been peer-reviewed yet, but it says there's a second strain that has appeared. It seems to spread faster and wider than the original one. Uh, Could this undermine efforts to create a vaccine? Because the vaccine research so far is only on the first strain. We don't know. We also don't know how long the lockdown is going to uh, 
to take, really. Uh, as I said, Australia is putting a lot of uh, faith in the uh, COVID Safe app. Now, I had a bit of a rant about that last time, and I had another rant this week in, in writing in ZDNet. I won't go through that now because you're sick of it, but the, the article is called <laughs> Australia's COVID Safe app contact tracing story is full of holes and we should worry. And I think that's true because the government is betting so much on this this contact tracing app, but <sighs> will it work? Will it cause problems? Have a, have a read. Uh, to summarise, uh, and I didn't put this in the article because I thought it was a bit depressing, but I have this horrible, horrible feeling in my bones that this whole the app will save us, we don't need no lockdown claim will turn out to be a terrible mistake. Yet another gullible belief in big data snake oil, except it's one that will cost lives. I hope I'm wrong. I, I really hope I'm wrong, obviously. Well, meanwhile, in the America... Right here in Phoenix, Arizona, you're reclaiming the noble heritage and writing the next chapter of this incredible American story. Moments ago, we saw the brand new production lines where you're making high quality N95 respirators and they are made to perfection. More than 150 Honeywell employees are working around the clock, three shifts a day, six days a week. Respirators are there to protect our heroic doctors and nurses as they fight the unseen enemy. With your help, we will vanquish the virus and build a future of greatness and glory with American heart, American hands, American pride, and American soul. And I said it before and I'll say it again. The people of our country are warriors. Like generations of patriots before you, the workers of this factory are pouring their heart and their soul and their blood into defending our nation and keeping our people healthy and safe. You make America proud. We will vanquish the virus and build a future of greatness and glory with American heart, American hands, American pride and American soul. My God, there's some real North Korea vibes from the White House there. Uh, I noticed that uh, President Trump visited the Honeywell factory where they're making N95 face masks in Arizona without covering his own face. Apparently everyone who meets him, though, has to be tested for COVID-19. Uh, but this is not the only video to come out of America this week. Uh, not everything is is bombastic North Korean uh, propaganda from the White House. No, there has been another kind of political propaganda. But before I play that, some context, back in 1984, as part of Ronald Reagan's re-election campaign, there came one of... Really, the, one of the greatest political advertisements in American history. Now, I'll, I'll play the audio. You'll have to imagine the visuals or click through uh, to check it out on the tube of use. But this is, it, it's beautiful. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980. Nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. 
and with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? So that's 1984 and Reagan. This is this week, 2020. It's called There's Morning in America, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. There's Morning in America. Today, more than 60,000 Americans have died from a deadly virus Donald Trump ignored. With the economy in shambles, more than 26 million Americans are out of work. The worst economy in decades. Trump bailed out Wall Street, but not Main Street. This afternoon, millions of Americans will apply for unemployment. And with their savings run out, many are giving up hope. Millions worry that a loved one won't survive COVID-19. There's mourning in America. And under the leadership of Donald Trump, our country is weaker and sicker and poorer. And now, Americans are asking, if we have another four years like this, will there even be an America? Paid for by The Lincoln Project, which is responsible for the content of this advertising. What's even more remarkable, I think, is that the Lincoln Project is a conservative group. Now, Trump is, of course, uh, reacting to this with his usual uh, calm and measured response. Uh, The White House put a media release out, or the Trump-Pence campaign did, Keep America Great, The Lincoln Project losers are scam artists. Democrat donors are being duped by these political bottom feeders. You'd think George Conway, who runs the place, would get off the couch more often, given that he's largely unemployed and his membership in Washington's elite will expire the second President Trump leaves office. So, as I say, a measured response. But, of course, Trump... uh, is, as always, ready to take the blame and comfort his citizens. There are 30 million Americans who are unemployed. You don't need me to tell you that. We're expecting the new unemployment rate this week. There have been forecasts, 15, 16, 17 percent. One of your advisors projected an unemployment rate of 19 percent. That's nearly one in five Americans without a job. How bad is this going to get? Well, that is what it is. Uh, And, you know, it's very interesting. Even the Democrats aren't blaming me for that. We had to close it up and we saved millions of lives and we did the right thing. Now we're getting back to work. Yeah, because Trump the other week, of course, started to pitch the idea that anything less than two million deaths is a win for him and he's done well. (sighs) Look, we know know none of this is Trump's fault, right? Uh, Because there's polling. There's polling reported by Bloomberg. It's uh, a poll by uh, The Economist slash YouGov, and this is from a week ago. 45% of Americans believe the coronavirus was created in a laboratory. And that's two-thirds of Republicans believe that. And Trump has just been hammering it. I will uh, come back to that, probably. 
Uh, Trump has also removed America from global initiatives to develop coronavirus treatments and vaccines. That's despite the fact, of course, that America is the world number one hotspot with 1.13 million confirmed cases. And, well, this piece uh, says over 65,000 deaths. It's over 70,000 deaths, nearly triple that of any other nation, probably is triple by now. The coronavirus has killed more Americans than the Vietnam War. And Trump's just cruising through it. Texas. Texas is a problem here. Texas lifted the stay-at-home orders because, you know, of course, freedom. Uh, That's uh, expired at the end of April, their stay-at-home order. They did not renew it. (laughs) Guess what happened? A spike in new cases. So Texas has tested less than 2% of its population, and yet has 33,000-plus cases of COVID-19, 911 deaths as of a few days ago. But what's even more interesting or depressing or scary, even though Texas Governor Greg Abbott lifted the restrictions, he's been caught on a hot mic admitting he knew it would make things worse uh how do we know reopening businesses won't result in faster spread or more cases of covid19 uh listen the the, the fact of the matter is uh, pretty much every scientific and medical report shows that uh whenever you have a reopening whether you want to call it a reopening of business or just a reopening of society uh in the aftermath of something like this that, that actually will uh, lead to an increase in spreads. It's almost ipso facto. Uh, the more that you have people out there, uh, the greater the possibility there is for transmission. <laughs> you go, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. God, you need a whiskey. This bullshit. In Utah, there's two businesses who told their staff to ignore the COVID-19 guidelines. Bingo, 68 Positive cases, half of their employees, 48% of their employees. Costco have been doing very well, though. You know, the big uh, wholesaler store. Uh, Someone uh, messaged Costco, this looks like Facebook, and said, "Uh, this is Sharon. Go down, Sharon. I will not shop at Costco until you remove your mandatory mask rule. Costco replied, thank you for taking such a brave stand, Sharon. We look forward to the documentary they will make about you someday. And then Jack replied to that, whoever Jack is. Wow, not a very professional response, Costco. Looks like I will be getting a membership refund myself. It should be a choice. Costco's response, we've chosen not to refund you. Nice work, actually, isn't it? Uh, Meanwhile, in California, (laughs) we've heard of California before, the protest against the stay-at-home orders continue. More people are flocking to the state's beaches. Prolonged lockdown basically is slavery. Do you you feel enslaved? Uh, I do. I'm a type A lawyer, and I'm bouncing off the walls of my living room because I can't go out. Freedom! 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 Young American, a born free American. They're lying 
take a chance and get a coronavirus whether than, better than shutting down this economy. I die on my feet, not on my knees. Yeah, I want you to take the vaccine first, Bill Gates. I, I think Bill Gates will be perfectly happy to take the vaccine first because he's, he's getting on a bit and doesn't want to die. <sighs> Probably. John is awesomest on Twitter made the point that it's starting to feel really weird that we made such a big deal about 9-11. At this point, we have a 9-11 in America every two days and have decided that's not a bad enough thing to stop people from getting haircuts. And he's got a point. Anna Kafina, uh, this looks like Facebook. People aren't protesting uh, out there, you know, wanting to be waitresses and hairdressers again. People are out there demanding that their waitresses and hairdressers go back to work. The idea is to force the service industry to serve them despite the risk to the servers. Uh, and she does make the point. If you have ever wondered what modern white America would think about slavery today, consider the white women yelling and screaming because no one will die to do their frosted bangs. They feel every bit as entitled to own the lives of others as they did 150 years ago. And again, she's got a point. Uh, but before we leave the US, let's see again how Trump is doing. This is from the same ABC News one-on-one uh, -on -one that you heard a clip from before. You know, you're three years into your first term. Yeah. You're now applying for the job again. What did you do when you became president to restock those cupboards that you say were bare? Well, I'll be honest, uh, I have a lot of things going on. Uh, we had a lot of uh, people that refused to allow the country to be successful. Uh, they wasted a lot of time on Russia, Russia, Russia. That turned out to be a total hoax. Then they did Ukraine, Ukraine, and that was a total hoax. Then they impeached the president of the United States for absolutely no reason. And we even had a 197 to nothing vote by the Republicans. Uh, and, you know, your heart has to go out to Donald Trump, right? He's, he's got a lot on. He's just got so many things on that, you know, getting around to running... The country, it man, I mean, have some, have some sympathy. I should say again, uh, these clips that uh, I'm playing, they have been identified for me uh, as as uh, in the last few weeks by Aaron Ripper on the Twitters. He's a, an American journalist and he he watches all of the Trump stuff so you don't have to, so I don't have to. Uh, you should follow him if you want to get this. He really picks out the, the best quotes. Aaron Rupar, R-U-P-A-R, and he is at at Rupar on the Twitter. So, except you don't pronounce the at. Like, I'm not at Stilgarian, I'm Stilgarian, and the at just says that that's a Twitter handle. So he is at Rupar, A-T Rupar, and Aaron something T, whatever T is, Rupa, Trump, maybe Aaron Trump Rupa. So at, at Rupa, but you don't say at. So it's, I, I, I've done this before. You understand. Anyway, Trump's uh, got a few other things to think about. This is, uh, this is today. This is from NBC News Today to the White House now. Uh, there's some breaking news there. Peter Alexander is standing by. Peter, what can you tell us? What's happened? Yeah, Craig, we've learned some new information that a person who appears to work in some close contact with the president 
uh, at least on occasion, has now tested positive for coronavirus. We don't know specifically who the individual is, but a White House official, the deputy principal, the principal deputy press secretary, Hogan Gilley, uh, just moments ago provided us with the following statement. I'll read it with you as we've just received it. It says, we were recently notified by the White House medical unit that a member of the United States military who works on the White House campus has tested positive for coronavirus. The president and the vice president have since tested negative for the virus and they remain in great health. Again, the reason we know this person must have some contact with the president is because as a function of learning this news, the president was retested. Often members of an elite military uh, unit do serve as what they describe as valets, personal valets uh, that would work in the White House residence. There is some reporting to that at this point, but a White House official would not tell us specifically who this individual was or what their specific role was. The president, as we have seen in recent days, as evidenced by his recent trip to Arizona, didn't wear a mask during that trip. He said that he was told by officials on the ground there he wouldn't need to as anybody interacting with him had tested negative. And that, to this point, Craig, has has been the primary process that's taken place. Anybody interacting closely with the president is tested before they are to meet with him. I'm what they call the pooler today. I will go in to the Oval Office to pose questions to the president. Members of the media are not tested in circumstances like that, but it's likely the governor of Texas, who is the president's guest today, would be. There's a report out there, uh, and I think it's the NBC report, that says uh, that, that Trump's rage about this this uh, military person tested COVID-19 positive, was lava level. And and apparently, yes, Trump, like, you, this, may, this I know is really hard to believe, but apparently he has a furious temper. I, I mean, it's shocking. So imagine you're the person who has to tell Trump that it's another swab up the nose because... As the diagrams have shown, and people people describe it as uncomfortable, and I haven't had one of these these sinus swabs, but the the head of the swab goes further back through your nose into the head than the halfway mark. Imagine having to do that to Trump, and again, like he's probably paranoid. He probably wants this to happen every day. Jack Maziton on Twitter, Jack M. I, I I can't link to this tweet because his tweets are protected. Uh, but he said the other day, "I love America." He's Canadian. I love America, but sometimes as a Canadian, I feel like we live in the apartment above a meth lab. Uh, as you know, if you've been following. Uh, his plague diary. I've been following uh, the story of the USS Theodore Roosevelt uh, and Captain Brett Crozier, who was the commander and was sacked. Uh, Brett Crozier has been uh, reassigned to San Diego in a, a leadership role. He will be special assistant to the Naval Air Force's chief of staff. Uh, special assistant. It sounds like they've made that job up for him, uh, pending... Ah, pending all the fallout. Uh, but here's, uh, look, here's a bit more about the, the, the Roosevelt. Parents of sailors aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt are concerned after hearing that the San Diego-based ship is preparing to set sail from Guam. 
Our tennis reporter Cassie Carlisle tells us they are worried about another wave of coronavirus sweeping through that ship. Navy officials say cases are beginning to fall after 1,100 USS Theodore Roosevelt crew members tested positive for coronavirus last week. They don't want to get near anybody. Chris Kiley's son finally left quarantine and returned to the ship last weekend. He's upbeat now. He's uh, finally out of that hotel after three weeks. Before being cleared to return, Kiley's son tested negative for COVID-19 three times. The Navy tells us each sailor must test negative at least twice to get back on board. Kylie says he's still nervous about his son going back out to sea. You know, I guess if he gets it, he gets it. He's young, he's strong, he's healthy. Captain Crozier recovered from his own battle with the virus, and we have learned that he has been reunited with his family on base at Coronado. That's uh, the story about Captain Crozier is going to just go on and on, isn't it? Look, let's leave uh, the United States for now and go to a few other countries. How about... Japan, where an aquarium has written here, like like not the actual aquarium, not a tank full of fish has written, but like the institution, the aquarium has written, here is an urgent request. Could you show your face to our garden eels? Uh, this is their face showing festival. A Japanese aquarium shut because of the coronavirus has asked would-be visitors to take part in online tours during the COVID-19 shutdown. It's all because of the zookeepers who are worried the Tokyo Aquarium's eels are getting lonely. Five iPads have now been placed in front of the eels' tank and the public has been asked to FaceTime them. Starved of visitors, the 300 spotted garden eels have become shy of humans and started burrowing into the sand. Callers are told to wave, move and speak to the eels, but not to yell at them as they're easily startled. As the uh, sound bite there tells you, that uh, report is from Seven News in Australia. I, I should say I, I credit all of this stuff on the website uh, if you want to track it back uh, because, of course, such credit is required under the Australian Copyright Act 1986 uh, to qualify all this stuff for fair dealing uh, for the purposes of reporting the news or commenting on it. How about those eels, eh? You should check the, the, the report that's from. You'll see the pictures. They've set up the, the iPads uh, looking into the aquarium and all the eels are looking up, looking at the people's faces. I might try it myself. I've always wanted to fr frighten an eel. I don't know. Meanwhile, in Spain, they bleached a beach. No, they really did. Uh, authorities are at uh, Zahara de los Atunas, uh, which is near Cadiz. They use tractors to spray about two kilometres of beach with a bleach solution the day before they let kids out of lockdown for the first time. So guess, so guess what happened? Yeah, the bleach killed everything. Uh, to quote uh, Maria Dolores Iglesias, who heads an environmental volunteer group in the region, she visited the beach and said, uh, the bleach killed everything on the ground, nothing is seen, not even insects. Uh, a local official for the town, Augustin Conejo, admitted it was, quote, a wrong move. <laughs> well spotted, uh, Augustin, well spotted, mate. In the UK, uh, now, now the, 
this has nothing to do with coronavirus, but I just wanted to play it for you. Uh, a woman on the Twitter, Legato Chocolat, says uh, that as we're communicating a lot via email, here's a handy cipher for decoding uh, UK emails. So today's quick tutorial for the good of the group is on emails, what they say and what they actually mean. So let's begin. I'm very surprised to hear this, especially as... Now, as all my fellow Britons will know, this is essentially an online stabbing. As per my last email means can you fucking read? It has been brought to my attention means that some cunt has grasped you up. To put it simply means I think you're as thick as shit. I'll be happy to discuss it further means never ever bring up this topic of conversation with me again. To clarify means are you fucking deaf? And kind regards means I hope you and all your family die in a house fire. I mean, she's right, right? I, 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 no, this isn't a documentary. I don't need to tell you about what's happening in the UK. I mean, there, there's enough news out there. This is just my, this is just my kind of view of the world. Okay, in Sweden, Sweden, which is fucked up beyond belief, uh, in the university town of Lund, uh, while Purgesnacht was uh, well last week, I really should have followed this up, but. Because uh, the town of Lund was worried uh, that people would gather there for the traditional Valpurgisnacht uh, celebrations, uh, because apparently, like up to thirty thousand people gather there each year, they said, "How can we? How can we stop this happening?" And they said, "I know. Let's cover the whole place in chicken manure." According to uh, the chairman of the local council's environment committee, Gustav Lundblad, uh, he said, "We get the." He probably said this in Swedish, but I, I got it from a, an English newspaper. We get the opportunity to fertilise the lawns, and at the same time, it will stink, and so it may not be so nice to sit and drink beer in the park. Uh, I am not a fertiliser expert, but he said. Uh, I, I'll check out next time how that went. Uh, but yes, uh, we're at the uh, chicken shit stage of this. Uh, and now on to uh, planet Elon, planet Elon Musk, which I'm counting as a separate country now. Uh, Elon Musk has, of course, uh, recently uh, with his his lady friend whose name escapes me, she's a I, you know, you know this stuff. They've given their new son an odd name with odd characters in it, and named after the SR seventy one. I mean, what is anyway, poor kid? Obviously, people have been criticising Elon Musk for this, and the Musketeers uh, are out there in full force de defending him. And I, I can't be asked linking to this, but Vine Gupta says to see the future as clearly as Elon does at a time like this. And to reproduce is an act of faith that few will ever rival. <laughs> yes, reproduce. Yes, yes. Elon, I uh, said, he's acting on climate change on three fronts, rebirthing the space industry and holding back the night on artificial intelligence. If you have not done more, show respect. Wow. 
And uh, someone else said, yeah, yeah. I say someone else. It's just some screenshot from Facebook. Yeah, Elon is a legend. He is his own man, owned by no one, hyper-intelligent, and all he wants to do is find a clean, renewable energy source for mankind so that we don't collectively dig our own graves with pollution. I want you to visualize that. Dig your graves with pollution. All his cars and shit. <laughs> Sorry, this is the same person. Continue. All his cars and shit are side projects and they shit on most old school and modern mechanical vehicles with ease. I mean, I had the joy of getting a few Tesla Ubers in Amsterdam and fuck me, the instant talk even the more commercial models have is like riding the Tower of Terror, mate. Is this a this must be an Australian. I love this. I had I mean I had the joy of getting a few Tesla Ubers in Amsterdam and fuck me the instant talk. Okay. He goes on to say of Elon, a beacon of hope in a world run by rich old cunts who care nothing about what they leave behind when they get fucked off this mortal coil. That's that's Shakespeare, isn't it? Rich old cunts who care nothing about what they leave behind when they get fucked off this mortal coil. Uh, I should give up. I cannot beat that. Back in Australia, some cunt called Sam Newman, who, I don't know, he, he played football, he talks about football, he's just some, some, some boring dipshit white racist cunt on television said Daniel Andrews the Premier of Victoria has no legal right to ban people from playing golf as long as you self distance in in scare quotes you can do what you want look around it's a fraud and a mockery of the quarantine quote laws unquote this is pathetic virtue signalling hashtag golf Vic Uh, Sam Sam, I think you'll know that Daniel Andrews does have the, I think called the Public Elf Act. Elf. The Public Elf Act, mate. It's, yeah, that legal right. The Public Health Act. Pity he doesn't have some public dipshit act that he can imprison you in. But Sam Newman continues the intellectual giant that he is. There is no doubt, in capitals, that the Chinese Communist Party has orchestrated the collapse of the Western world's free enterprise-slash-capitalist society. My God. Even European de facto models by spreading their virus. Wake up, world. Hashtag Chinese Wuhan virus. Sam Newman, ladies and gentlemen. Top 10 Australia's intellectuals. In all of this, the most New South Wales headline has appeared, however. This is an actual headline. New South Wales set to open doors for property inspections and auctions, semicolon, state records 42nd death. Fuck me. And now to conspiracy theories. I mean, we've had a bite of conspiracy theories already. Uh, But here is uh, a piece from uh, 7 News Australia. They're talking to CNN senior national correspondent Alex Markard. 
intelligence agencies all around the world have been trying to pinpoint exactly where this virus came from. And the two leading theories have been either that it was accidentally released by the Wuhan Institute of Virology or that it appeared naturally in that market in Wuhan. Uh, now, as you noted, the, the Trump administration, for political reasons, it appears, has been pushing uh, that notion that this virus came from the lab. But I was speaking with a Western uh, diplomatic official who is familiar with the intelligence who said that that scenario is highly unlikely, rather that it's highly likely that this was a natural occurrence, uh, that a human was infected by an animal uh, in the Wuhan market. Um, now, this is an assessment that, uh, according to this official, the countries of the Five Eyes Intelligence Sharing Group, uh, of which the U.S. is part, they're generally coalescing around this assessment, that it did, in fact, uh, come from the market. I spoke with another official from the Five Eyes. Uh, that official also agreed uh, with this assessment. Aaron, this is an assessment, and I use that word carefully because what that means is this is not 100 percent. This is what, right. what, what this means is they look at this intelligence and this is uh, what they see. Um, we also spoke with a third official uh, who said that while it's still a possibility um, that the virus actually came from a lab, it is clear that the virus exploded in the market in Wuhan. I don't think these conspiracy theories are going to die because they're being pushed, right? They are being pushed. And who by? Well, not by former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, but former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, you remember him. Uh, he's written for The Guardian about this today, Friday the 8th of uh, May. And he's comparing all of these really thinly sourced claims about the origins of the coronavirus being a Chinese lab, to the, quote, evidence, unquote, about the non-existent weapons of mass destruction that led us to the war in Iraq. Remember that? Uh, this is uh, Kevin Rudd's words now. China has much to answer for, including the ultimate origins of the virus. But if Trump's claim in the Wuhan laboratory saga ultimately ends up being disproven, either by the Five Eyes or by US intelligence itself, then the irony is that the net political winner will be China. Remember the, humil the humil humiliation, he said, when no weapons of mass destruction were found in Iraq. He's got a point. And he also says that once again, this is being aided and abetted by the Murdoch media because, as he goes on to say... The Burdock media want Trump re-elected. Elections this year, November. Four more years, although, as I've said, probably eight more years because one of the other Trumps or whatever will go up. It's the new empire, people. It's the new empire. Twelve more years. So, you know how in the United States they've been celebrating the work of their health workers by doing flyovers of cities in fighter jets in aerobatic teams. I, I mean, they have. How this works, I don't know. I don't know, whatever. But Paul Lilly 19 on Twitter says, ha, 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 ha. Basically, those aerobatics teams are spraying chemtrails now, POTUS, Donald Trump, said that the virus would just disappear. So what if 
those chemtrails are hydroxychloroquine? What if they are white hat chemtrails? And he's noticed that LA, like they've already flown over New York City and Philadelphia, which have been heavily hit. LA and other sanctuary Dems run cities are next. Are we cleansing the air that the people are breathing? So these Democrat governors and mayors are clueless. LMAO, I love it. Awesome. Hashtag WWG1WGA. Hang on, what the hell does that mean? I should know this. WWG1WGA. And that means, oh, it's a QAnon thing. Of course it is. Uh, 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 great Awakening. W- oh, fuck it. Look it up for yourselves. WWG1WGA, the Great Awakening at the end. I don't know. Anyway, saying sky event equals angels and thunderbirds. Watch the water. Hydroxychloroquine in water crystal exhaust. God. Uh, And of course, of course, scammers. Scammers. I'm getting a little excited, aren't I? Cyber criminals are spruiking so-called cures and vaccines for COVID-19 on the dark web for tens of thousands of dollars. Stolen medical equipment and medicine, as well as blood, supposedly from recovered coronavirus patients, are being offered by underground operators selling false hope. hope. The dark web, an online shopping world offering the promise of cures and vaccines for COVID-19. Some of these drugs that are actually in trial and relatively hard to get are now becoming available uh, for purchase. More than 100 black market suppliers offering stolen products, masks, testing kits, even a ventilator, as well as medicine like the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine and most concerning, untested vaccines selling for just under $25,000. People are frightened. Perhaps people are prepared to take those risks or pay that kind of money. The authenticity of the products, the origin and, of course, the safety are all major concerns for authorities. I've actually been personally horrified. I would just urge people to go to the facts and thoroughly investigate it. The race to find legitimate vaccines and treatments is well underway. Here at the Garvin Institute, researchers are working on an antibody injection that could keep patients out of intensive care units. It's hoped the treatment will reduce the severity of the illness by attaching to the virus and neutralising it. We want antibodies that you know, latch onto the virus and never let go. Human trials could start as early as October. We do think it's one of the most straight shots we've got uh, on getting something, and we sure need it. The work here won't be undermined by criminals looking to profit. Miley Hogan, 7 News. Bum, bum, bum. Well, it's reached that point where I say thank you to you, the generous listeners. You do make this podcast possible. Uh, This episode, it's thanks to Andrew McKenzie, Brett Ran, who sent me a personal update I won't repeat here because I'm never one to gossip. And Kimberly Heitman, thank you. Kimberly says, quokkas hold the keys to other worlds. No, seriously. 
Kimberley is insane. Quokkas are bullshit animals. And uh, I'd also like to thank uh, the people who uh, sent birthday drinks uh, or funds for for same. Uh, John Eves, Leanne O'Donnell, the lovely Corinne, which I put in under L for lovely Corinne because I do these in alphabetical order, but should the lovely Corinne be under C? I don't know. Hello, the lovely Corinne. Nick Andrew and uh, one person who's choosing to remain anonymous but has a very fine uh, bottle of whiskey on the way. Thank you very much. Uh, if you do decide to contribute to that uh, at stillgarrigan.com slash tip, uh, do say happy birthday or this is a birthday gift uh, uh, because of tax uh, benefits thing. So um, I'm not finished yet, but uh, I'm just going to pour another whiskey because I've left a, a moment here for um, uh, an unscripted bit. Yeah, let's say larger whiskey. As I said uh, earlier, um, tomorrow, uh, I'll just say when my birthday is, it's on fucking record anyway. Um, it's one of those birthdays with a zero in it. And uh, last one, which you'll be surprised to hear was uh, exactly 10 years ago, Uh I had a, a kind of big party gathering upstairs in the Hive Bar in Erskineville, which I believe is still going. We booked out the top room. Uh, and, and they said, look, if you want to book out the top room and have a dedicated barman, you'll you'll need to, you know, pre-commit, I think it was $3,000 across the bar or something like that. A perfectly reasonable thing to do. Uh, and I said, look, I, I can't pre-commit that but I do know that quite a few people are turning up and they're going to spend money. Oh, we'll see how we go, they said. So, yeah, at any time from, you know, just after lunch through until into the evening, we had about 40 people there and they were spending money. And, yeah, they very soon gave us our own dedicated barman and and mojitos were on the special for some reason and, and we just went through them and... My after a point, I mean, we had spent thousands of fucking dollars over the bar with them, and 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 I'm pretty sure that at one point they just stopped charging for mojitos, or maybe just people were buying me. Look, I don't know. And that was the, I mean, that was ten years ago, and it was a great celebration, and it was kind of, it was it was really good to to go. Yeah, another decade has clocked over, and here I am having another decade. And, and, like, when a decade clocks over, you have a bit of a think about life, about, quite frankly, mortality when when you've, you've done a few of these. And instead of being out celebrating life, um, being stuck at home, and, and, like, it's tomorrow, not today, but, you know, I'll, I'll be at home. I'll do the shopping, but... I'll come back and be left alone to to ponder what all this means. It's going to be interesting. I I don't know what I'll do about that. I, you know, I'll probably just sing some drinks and bitch about the world on Twitter and some of you will say, <laughs> there's no difference there from any other day of the week. Not true, actually. I, I have been not drinking uh, quite a bit. Not drinking quite a bit. There's been quite a few days when I haven't been drinking while in, in the lockdown because it's just all too tempting. 
isn't it? But uh, I'm, I think we're all going to get through this okay. I mean, a few aren't, right? Um, you may know my, my friend and former partner, Apostrophe Pong, who lives in DC. His landlady has lost two close relatives already uh, in, in Washington, DC. It starts to hit home then, doesn't it? You know, she's a, well, American black woman of a certain age and she used to be a midwife, so she's tough. But I got the feeling that, uh, you know, she's afraid too. I'm mostly not afraid. I know in the first of these, uh, his corona, no, his, what are they called? His plague diary episodes, I, I kind of talked a bit about fear. Look, it comes and goes. And as I said earlier, I'm I'm a bit worried that that we're lifting the lockdown too soon in Australia. Maybe maybe we'll be fine. Anyway, thank you, thank you all uh, to the people I've named. Uh, and if you'd like to join them, I mean, you don't have to. It has been handy. But if yeah, you know, we've all got a lot happening, right? But if you'd like to join them, Stilgarian.com/tip. Call it a birthday present if you like. I'm sounding so scroungy, aren't I? I'm sorry about that. But look, before stillgarian.com slash tip. But I'd also tell your friends about this podcast because, you know, and, and, you know, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, all of that shit. But before I go, um, each of these episodes I've been trying to throw in a glimmer of hope, and I've got two items today. First, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is funding... COVID-19 vaccine research. And it started uh, some years ago, uh, 2013, not that long ago, but she was in a car crash. Uh, And during that, she made friends with the surgeon uh, Naji Abarad at Vanderbilt University. (laughs) Vanderbilt University. Okay, so he, as a friend, introduced her to Vanderbilt University's antibody research program. Uh, when this pandemic began, Dolly Parton has donated a million dollars to that. Isn't she cool? And finally, the second one, I started off this episode with a song from a kid. I'm actually fascinated by these. Here's another song from a kid. Now, this is part A. This is the daughter of Lisa, Lisa Rifle on Twitter. What's inside your butthole? I always want to know. Yeah, that rocks. But what really rocks is the remix by Jonathan Mann, who you heard at the front of the pot with his son. <laughs> this is brilliant.
What's inside a buckle? I always want to know. I wonder what's inside a buckle. What's inside a buckle? I always want to know. That's the edict for now. Until next time, I'm Stilgarian. Wash your hands. The 9pm edict is a skank media production. Sorry. I wonder what's inside your butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole. Ah, whiskey. I wonder what... Ah, maybe there are astronauts. Maybe there are aliens inside your butthole. Maybe there are astronauts, maybe there are aliens all inside your butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole, yeah. Ah, I wonder these things.